What's up, Lifehouse family? Welcome to Vision Sunday. So, so basically, this this day is is, is something that we're um, that we're going to be doing every single year that does two different things. Number one, it looks back and says and says basically, man, this is what God has has done. But also, it looks forward and asks and answers the question, what is next for Lifehouse? So we are excited to do just that to, today, to look back and celebrate what God has, has done, but also say, man, what is God taking us towards? So we are pumped, man. Back when, when we started Lifehouse in, on September 17th, 2017, it was built on John 10, on John chapter 10, verse 10, which, which, which says this, I, and I being Jesus, came to give you life, but came to give you life abundantly. Basically saying, saying this, Jesus was saying, I came to bring change. I came not, not, not to just make you a better person, not to just give you good advice. I came to bring change in your life. And since Jesus is gone, Jesus has already died, rose from, from, from death and, and, and has ascended to heaven, he put his church here to be his hands and feet to basically be, be a bullhorn that, that, that says this. This is who Jesus is, and this is what Jesus is, is like. That is the whole purpose of the church. The purpose of the church isn't to be a social club. The purpose of the church isn't to just help you become a better person. The purpose of the church isn't just to give you a good sermon here, here, and then. The purpose of the church is to help you grow and become and know Jesus more. That is the whole purpose. Essentially this, helping you experience life change through Christ. So from day one, we have set out and said this, as a church, that is our vision, that we want to help all people experience life change through Christ. Now, obviously, change is, is kind of really a generic word. Like, what does that actually mean? Like, whenever we say life change through Christ, what does that actually mean? So basically, we said this, life change for us is four things. Number one, knowing Jesus. Whenever you, you meet Jesus, everything changes. Number two, finding freedom. And, and, what, and what that is for us is getting into relationships. Third, life change is discovering your purpose, essentially saying, how has God wired you and how has God created you? And fourthly, we see life change as making a difference. So basically, you could say, say this. One, it's knowing Jesus, knowing others, knowing yourself so you can go and make a difference in the world around you. But also it's thinking differently about God, about yourself, about other people so you can go and make a difference. One of the first things that Jesus ever said whenever he came on the scene and started his, his public ministry, he said this, repent. Jesus came and, and said, repent. Now, typically, we think repent means this, to basically feel sorry for something that you have done. I have got a six-year-old kid. He repents a lot. 
he realizes, I've messed up. Dad, I'm sorry. But actually, the, the word repent in the Greek language actually has a double, a double meaning. The first one is, yes, you feel sorry for something that you have done. But also, a second, um, a second meaning of that word is to rethink. Jesus said, hey, yes, feel, feel sorry. Every, everyone sinned. But also, to repent means to rethink everything. And that is what Jesus basically did. He said when, when he came, he challenged all, all of the religious institutions of that day, all of the, the worldly mindsets. He said, I'm challenging you to think differently about God, yourself, others, and the world. And, and whenever we started LifeHouse, this is what we have set out to do is to help people experience life change through Christ. And what does life change mean? Number one, it means knowing Jesus. It means finding freedom in relationships. It means discovering your purpose and fourthly making a difference. And by God's grace, we're a church that's right around five to six to six months old. We have by God's grace seen this happen. And we want to briefly show you a, 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 a recap video that just kind of takes you back a little bit to what God has has done in the past six months. Check this out. Awesome Lifehouse family. Just to kind of provide context for you here, we have seen, I guess I'm preaching in the dark. Hey, there's some light here. We, we have seen dozens raise their hands to follow Jesus Christ in our, our Sunday, in our, our Sunday, our, our Sunday morning gatherings, and, and also on the campus of Denby High School. We have seen almost 200 people plugged into a life, a, a life group. We've had over 100 people go through a part of, of our life track process to help them discover their, their purpose and how God has wired them. We are making a difference in the community through our partnership with Denby High School, where, guys, the work that God is doing there is absolutely incredible. We have almost 100 kids coming to, to basically a Bible study club right after school on Mondays. Um, the, the, and, and Denby High is only 1,300 students. So we've got 5%, basically, of the school coming out and checking out a Bible club after school. And just to hear some of these kids' testimonies and stories, I actually had a kid in my small group that opened up to us and told us just last year he saw 
his brother shoot and kill himself in his own home. Literally, he was sitting, he was sitting right next to him. His, his, he was playing with his gun. It malfunctioned, and he shot himself right in the head, and he was sitting right next to that. But, but this kid's coming. He's, he's getting involved in the, the program. He's, he's in the 10th grade small group, and we're slowly but surely seeing him open up and let Christ in. God is moving, y'all. It's incredible to see what God is doing. We are making a difference. And so we want to say thank, thank, thank you. It's so important that we take time in our lives to look back. I don't know about you, but I am more of a what's next person. You know, it's not, okay, yeah, what's, what's, what's happened, happened, what's on, let's get on to the next thing, right? I can be a very, the past is the past, let's move on. But we need to sometimes just take time, calm, pause, and say, what in the heck has gone on? Why? Because, because whenever you look back, typically it breeds gratitude for what God has done. Let's just be honest. You need to pause sometimes in, in your life and thank God you are not where you should be. Because some of y'all should be dead right, right now. Some of y'all should be paralyzed physically because y'all did some stupid stuff. Some of y'all should be broke. Some of y'all should be in bad, in, in bad relationships. Some of y'all, you should be addicted to drugs, alcohol. You, sh- you should be dead in a daggone hotel room some, somewhere. And sometimes you just need to pause and stop and just say, God, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for how good you have been to me. So, so, so we're not only doing that as a church. I'm challenging you to set aside time to do that personally. Reflect on the goodness and greatness and what God has done in you. Please pause, take some time, and do that. But, but also what looking back does, it gives you fuel. It fuels your faith for what God has next. I can't help but look back and see that all God has done in six months of this church and not want to run through a wall at the possibility of what God can do in and through Lifehouse Church. I love to look back, even when I was 16 years old, and I felt the call to preach the gospel, but I was like, God, I stutter. Like, are you smoking crack, God? Like, do you know who you've asked to go and do this? But I, I just had this passion and call, and I can look back and see God's faithfulness through my imperfections, and I can be like, man, if he has done that through a jacked up, messed up, stuttering white boy, what can he do in the future? And some of you guys need to know and look back and be like, if God has been this faithful to you up up to this point, that should fuel your faith for what God wants to call you to next. And you need to have your faith built by looking back and saying what God has done. And I just want to take a moment, and I just want to thank our dream team, launch team. Honestly, guys, we had a team of 50 people to 60 people that basically said, John, we will come on board with you. We'll do whatever we got to do. We'll serve. We have some people, they haven't even been in service yet. Why? Because they're out serving. Like we have people that said we will put this church on our, on, on our backs and we will see this church built. And by God's, God's grace, man, we have seen it happen. And I just want to say thank you to all of our small group leaders, dream team members, children's team, hospitality teams, production teams for making Lifehouse happen. I'm so grateful as I look back. But also part of it isn't just looking back. It's also saying what is next? What is next? And whenever I look to the future and I ask, what is next for Lifehouse? I wish that I could say we were getting our own building. 
Some of y'all are like, that's not the big announcement? Like, are you serious? Like, I thought there was going to be a building. Like, I thought we were, we were going to be in a building, and we're going to have our own Lifehouse church. No, I'm sorry. That's not it. That is not it. As much as I wish that, that we could say we're going to be getting our own building, unfortunately, that is not going to happen. But, a lot, but let me let you, I love this place. I love this theater. Let me tell you why. We pay one bill a week. We pay one bill a week. So if there's a leak, we ain't paying for it. If, something, if, if, if a toilet overflows and a toilet breaks, we ain't paying for it. If we honestly, we, we somehow broke, our, our production team's awesome, somehow they broke something beyond this, this curtain here that, um, that should have cost $5,000. The, the GM here said, look, man, Regal, they got plenty of money. <laughs> she said, they got plenty of money. They got people traveling around, fix stuff like this. Don't even worry about it. I'm like, I love you. I thank God for you. God bless you. You know, you know what I'm saying? But it is hard to find a place to have church in this city. It seriously is. Like, if we weren't here, I don't know where, where we'd actually be at schools. Schools only let you be in there for one year. Um, but also, too, it's not just, you know, about getting a big place to, 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 put, to put us at. It's also saying child, children's church. That we've gone God going, we have 60 to 70 kids every single week. Um, parking, bathrooms. Um, there's just so many things that go into a place to actually have, have church at. So I'm ridiculously thankful that we only pay one bill. And what it also allows us to do is, is put more of our budget not towards overhead, but towards ministry. We always want to be a church that is light on overhead and, and is really able to put as much of the ministry dollars as possible into blessing our city, blessing our community, and seeing, and seeing ministry happen. So we're going we're, we're gonna to make this place work. We, we're going to set up chair, like whatever we got to do, we want to see this place work. Plus also, too, it fits our DNA in the in the community. Whenever somebody asks, where's your church at? Regal and Killen Creek. I don't, I don't have to say it's the church building beyond these four big oak trees and three, like everyone knows where this place is. And, and our heart and DNA as a church is we want to be in the city. We, we want to be a presence here. And we love the fact too that it is not a traditional church building. And, and so we absolutely love that. So no, we're not getting a new building. I'm sorry. I hope you still love us. But at, the same, but at the same time, a few things that I see Lifehouse Church being, uh, be, being a part of this year in, 2000, in 2018 include continuing our, our partnership with Denby High, High School and all that God is doing there, but also not just stopping at Denby High. We, we have a goal this year, starting in August, to start feeding the Menchville High School football team. And basically the same process that we have worked at Denby, praying that God would, would open up doors in Menchville High School so, so, we can see, so we can see life change through Christ happen at Menchville High, at Menchville High School. We also want to, to continue the work that we are putting in at Nehemiah's Nook. Yesterday we had 35 volunteers in downtown, in downtown Newport News feeding the homeless and taking care of them, providing essentials for, for them, clothing and other necessities. We also have a goal to partner with 10 community, or, or with 10 community organizations 
this coming year by bringing in supplies to, 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 to support them and also cutting them a monthly check to partner with them in the work that they are doing in our community. We actually have our first, our first partner here today from Palmer Elementary School. Principal, I'm sorry, what's your name? Karen Lynch, Principal Karen Lynch. Let's get up for Principal Karen Lynch. We're, we're, we're going to be presenting her a, a check later towards, uh, toward, towards, towards this month at Lifehouse. We participated in, in a supply drive. Every, every new semester that they start, they, they, they have kids that don't have markers, paper, and pencil and, thing, and things like that. So we have been building up over the past month to present her um, some, some supplies and also to give her uh, a, pr a pretty nice check. Um, so, so we want to do that with actually 10 other community organi organizations, including the Food Bank of Virginia, the Care Net Pregnancy Resource Center, the Mitchville House, the Serve Our City, Initiative, the Peninsula Rescue Mission, and the SPCA, just to name a few. You know, we started a youth ministry here at Lifehouse a couple weeks back, and we want to see that grow and thrive because we believe this, that teenagers are not the church of tomorrow, they are the church of right now. And we want to see them plugged, <laughs> plugged, plugged in. Many of the disciples that followed, the, 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 the followed Jesus were teenagers. So we want to say this, how can we get them plugged in, involved, but also we wanted them to have their own space to grow, to grow in their faith with God, but also grow in relationship with, with each other. Also, we have a goal this year to give over $20,000 to church planting. We have a heart of a church that says we want to plant churches. We, we, we want to be a church planting church. I don't see our church being a campus-oriented church, where where you would have where you'd have have myself preaching up on screens, um, I see what I what I see God doing is bringing in church planners that have a a a heart to plant a local church and change a community. I I see us bringing those guys in, raising them up and resourcing them and sending them out to plant a church wherever God God calls them. So financially, we are going to be contributing this year with our partnership with Ark over twenty thousand dollars to see churches planted all throughout the 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 United States. States. Last year alone, ARC planted over 200 churches in the United States. We absolutely love that. We want to be a church planting church, y'all, because we believe the local church, and more importantly, the message of the local church is the hope of the world. And I'm not sure if you can tell, we're getting a little cramped in here. We're getting a tad bit cramped. Um, you know, we've, we've got about 294 seats here, and I wouldn't know if I would really even count the first three, three, three rows, to be honest with you. Like, I know I'm spitting all over these, these guys here. Like, I just want to apologize. Uh, I like, like, I can see the spit coming, so I just want to apologize. Maybe we should give you guys Clorox wipes. It is sick season and stuff like that. So, no, honestly, though, there's 294 seats. If you take out the first three rows, that takes out 60 seats, leaves us at about 234. Also, two speakers are right there. So we just want to say, we just want to apologize to all the people like right over there. You're getting your ears blown out. We do actually provide ear earplugs. So like one, like 100% serious. So if you need if you need earplugs, you can find an usher, and they will be more than happy to get you some. 
but we've, but we've, we've got about 234 seats capacity. Last Sunday, we had 190, uh, 199 people here in the theater. Um, also in our nursery, um, that can fit about between 16 to 18 kids. Last week, we had 14 kids, so you guys are doing a great job procreating. So we want to say good job on that. That is called organic church growth, where we are making babies and fulfilling God's, and, and, and fulfilling God's command to fill the earth. I love that. Let's create babies and fill the church. That's what I, I say, right? But also, too, we are, a, we are about maxed out there. Um, and if we get one more Levier family, it, are the Leviers here? Just, just you. All right, we got daddy here. They got four kids under four. God bless them. Jesus protect them. Jesus help them as they go through the season right now. And I think your wife said she wanted seven. So, bro, you got some work to, to do, okay? But uh, check out. If we get one more Levier family, our nursery is like toast. I mean, it is like completely toast. So, so basically, all of the church, church metrics growth people say, say, look, whenever you hit 80%, in your children's areas and main service areas, it's time to transition and think about doing a second service. And we are there. So I'm excited to, to say that starting March 18th, we, we will be starting a second service here at the Kiln Creek Regal starting at 8.30. That's the big an, uh, announcement. So we will be, so, so we will be opening up room and, um, and plus two, I would be an 8.30 person. I'll just be straight up with you. I like to come early, get my Jesus in, hear the word of God, and then be like, I got the rest of my Sunday, right? It's like, I got the rest of my Sunday to go to the park and stuff like that. So starting March, yes, that's three weeks from now. We're totally, we totally understand that. We were like, we've got two time frames, really. The fall, we can do, do two services, or, or we can go to that now. And we said, you know what, let's just go ahead Bite the bullet, bullet now, develop teams, get people recruited, and let's, and let's go to two services now in preparation for, for what God wants to do in the fall season. So we are going to be making a quick, uh, quick change here coming up and starting two services March 18th. We are super, super pumped about that. Now, I don't know about you, but I would so much rather keep it at one service. I'll just be, can, can I just be candid? I'm not going to be honest, because that means if I'm honest now, does that mean I'm not honest the other times? I don't get why people say that. Like, like you know what? Can I just be honest with you so you're not honest with me all the other times? Really? Starting now. Starting now. Right, right, no. I'm going to be candid with you. I would much rather keep it at one service, because it's easier. Just be straight up with you. Like, I only have to preach once, and I can preach a long time. Because typically stuttering takes you about five to ten minutes of service to get words, words out. So my sermons last a little extra longer. No. <laughs> but it's, it's like, you know, my preference. Everyone say preference. And you've got a preference. My preference would be to keep one service because it's easier. Our teams don't have, our, our production teams, they're going to, on March 18th, they're going to have to start coming in at 6 a.m., not 7 a.m., like they were doing, so they're going to have to start coming in at 6 a.m. They got to wake up earlier. 
There's a lot of things that we would probably all say, all of our teams would say, our preference would be to keep it at one service because it's easier and it's more comfortable. But I don't know. The, the first thing, the first core, core value of our church that we said we are going to die for is this. God's mission will always trump our personal preference. A hundred percent of the time, because we all have got preferences of what we think or of, of how we think church should actually be. We say, I like this, I like that. The, but here's the thing. The goal of, of a church, the goal of our church isn't to make you comfortable. Y'all are like, really? No. <laughs> the goal of our church is, is to get you on board with God's mission, with the church's mission, to help see people experience life change through Christ. Whenever church people say, I want this, and I want that, and I think this, and, and I think that, and, and basically what they're saying is, is, I want my preference done at this church instead of saying, what is going to move the gospel forward? If we're not asking that question, not only corporately, but, in, but, in, but individually, what ends up happening, the church turns inward. And I think we've all seen whenever the church turns inward, what ends up happening is the church starts fighting about a bunch of stupid stuff. Well, you know, they have drums now on the worship team. That's stupid. They have a violin now. Well, I can't believe they have church in a theater. How stupid. You know, it's, it's, it's like it's crazy whenever people turn inward and make church about them. But the church was never meant to, to just be a place where, where you come and be comfortable and just be fed. Part of it is, is this, equipping you to get on board with the ultimate mission and vision of, of the church, and that is to be outward focused. God didn't create the church just to be a club for people to come in and be coddled. The church was created to prepare you to find out who Jesus is, who other people are, who you are, and then go out and make a difference in whatever context God puts you in, in your community, in your family, in your job. And whenever the church says, whenever people say, I'm going to put my personal preference above the mission of God, that's when a church is about to die, straight up. And we said from the very beginning, Lifehouse will never be a church that will say we, we're going to play to our preferences. We're always going to say what is going to move the gospel forward. And I've had to die. Trust me, I'd much rather keep it at one service. But we feel right now is the time to make the transition. And it's going to be uncomfortable. But I've never seen a situation where comfort and growth happen simultaneously. The correlation is typically uncomfortable and growth. Think about working out. If it's working, if it's hurting, you know it's working. If you're hurting, you know it's working. It is getting in that place of being what? Uncomfortable that you know you're growing. Relationships. I can tell you when my wife and I, we don't see eye to eye. We have a two to three day little scuffle. We have a two or three day disagreement. There's some stuff happening. There's some stuff going on. I can say, yes, it sucks being, being you know, in that, 
stage, but at the same time, we always come out stronger together. Why? Iron sharpens iron. Discomfort. But what does it do? It grows us. You can say, in, think, of, think, think of this military. The military will purposely put you in hell. Like, will literally put you through hell on earth. Why does the military do that? Because it knows if it gets you uncomfortable, what is it doing to you? It's growing you. Then why so many times do we say the church has got to be a comfortable place? The purpose of the church isn't to make you comfortable. The purpose of the church is to get you on board with what God has called you to do. And what that is going to require of all of us here is to maybe get out of our comfort zones. To get out of the place that we feel comfortable. Get out of, of that place of saying church is just for me and just about me, but getting to a place of saying, look, the purpose of God's church isn't to be comfortable. The purpose of God's church is to make a difference. What if we all said we're going to put our personal preferences behind us and join the mission of seeing life change through Christ happen? And saying, do you know what? Whatever I got to do to see that happen, I'm on board. We want to share with you really, really quick Robert's story of life change through Christ. My name is Robert, and this is my story of life changed through Christ. By looking at me, you wouldn't be able to tell how truly messed up I am. I'm a functioning addict and alcoholic. I was raised Catholic my entire life. I went to Catholic Church. However, I didn't, never felt comfortable in the Catholic Church, and I never felt a connection with God or community in the Catholic Church. In June 2015, I faced a very tragic loss of my father that I n never really got to know from my own doing. And then in October of that same year, I suffered a massive stroke that left me paralyzed on my right side. After recovery from my stroke, I started to engage in very risky behavior, behaviors that I had always engaged in. However, it got much worse. Uh, after recovery, I started drinking heavily every night, um, all day on the weekends. Uh, I started abusing prescription drugs, uh, engaging in promiscuous behaviors uh, and other self-destructive behaviors, massive overspending. And I was in such a depression that I was just ready to end, end it all. I, in June 2017, I tried to seek out professional mental health counseling and treatment. However, that didn't stop any of the risky behaviors self-destructive behaviors that I was engaging in. I uh, thought maybe trying Buddhism or Islam or Judaism. However, that wasn't changing anything either. Um, and then one day I came home and there was a flyer on my door and I thought it was from the Jehovah's Witnesses again who were always catching me at my worst and knocking on my door at all hours of the day to invite me to church. But um, instead of just throwing it away as a piece of junk mail, I actually read it and 
it was an invitation to a new church that was right behind my house. And I felt that if there was a God, then this must be a sign from him that I need to attend church. So on September 24th is the first time that I entered Lifehouse. Um, immediately when I walked through the door, there was an outpouring of love and grace that I had never felt before and I enjoyed the service and I went home that afternoon and just felt calmer than I had ever felt in years and I felt moved to email Pastor John my confession, my entire life confession of everything, every wrongdoing and self-destructive behavior that I was engaging in and um, the response that I received was not what I had expected. Uh, it wasn't you're going to hell or um, you must change your ways right now. It was uh, accepting and love and hope and inviting me to come back the following Sunday, which I did and without even introducing myself or letting him know who I was. He knew who I was and was excited to have me there. Um, he asked me if I had joined a life group and after that I joined my first men's Bible study. Um, after that, each week, I just got more and more of a burning desire for Christ. Uh, the people that I met at the church and life group, uh, Carrie Jones will check on you if you miss any sort of engagement. In one night in October, I was just writing down a series of questions that if I ever had the opportunity to ask Pastor John, I wanted to ask him and they were just about questions about life and God and everything. If, if my dad is in heaven. Um, and on December 3rd, without ever having the opportunity to personally ask Pastor John these questions, his sermon answered every one of my questions and most importantly, stopped asking God for a sign and forgive yourself, which is something, and stop condemning yourself, which is something that I had been doing for years. And the entire service, I cried just because it hit on so many more points and that really affected me. And when it was time to dedicate my life to Christ, it wasn't even a question. After that, I got baptized on December 31st. Um, I still continue to learn more about God and His grace um, each week. Uh, I have a new church family and that just love and 
where I feel at home. And I really do think that if it weren't for Lifehouse, then I wouldn't be here today. Lifehouse, I will die for that. Seriously, I will give my life for that. There are thousands of people in this city, in the 757, that need that exact same thing. I will give my life for that. Our church will give its life for that. That is why this church exists, is to see that happen. My personal preference will die for that. I want whatever. I got to go 50,000 door hangers. Give me the door, give, give me the door hangers. Um, he came because of a door hanger. Get some door hangers, put them up in your neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, it's like, I don't care. Get, give me 50,000 door hangers. I'll give whatever money I, I have. I don't care. I will give in. I will take that vision, and, and I will get on board with, with that. Whatever I've got to do to see that happen, that is the heartbeat of our church. That is what we live for. That epitomizes life change through Christ. If the church isn't about that, what in God's name are we doing? I mean, straight, straight up. If we are not about that and saying, we, we want to see more of that happen. And here's the bottom line, guys. We're all at different places, right? We're all at, at different points. We all need life change. None of us are finished products. All of us are under construction. We all have things that we need healing from, things that we're going through. Like, we all need help. But the bottom line is this. God wants to help you. Lifehouse wants, wants to come beside you and help you experience life change through Christ. And as you experience that, we want to then say, how can we then say, make a move forward? How can we help someone else experience life change for Christ? Is there another Robert in this place we can come alongside and help him experience life change through Christ? You just got handed a card. We, we have got steps that we want to see happen this coming year. We want to start a second service. We want to partner with, with all of these community organiz, organizations. We, we, we want to continually partner with, with Demi High, High School. We've got all of these things that honestly are going to make us, are going to make me a little, a little uncomfortable because it's stretching us. It's growing us. And what I am asking you to do, begging with, with you to do, is as we are basically putting out and saying, these are the steps that we're going to do corporately. I want to ask you and beg you, say, jump on board with us. As we are taking next steps corporately, would you take a next step individually? Would you get maybe out of your comfort zone and maybe your personal preference, maybe you, you are the, I just like to kind of come and just receive and, and get out the door. I like to come and get my Jesus on and peace. Maybe, maybe your next step is, uh, is saying, you know what, I'll join a dream team. I'll start serving. We have an incredible opportunity an incredible opportunity by going to two services, it straight opens up 70 brand new Dream Team opportunities. And we, and, and we want to invite you. Maybe you say, you know what, I, I just like to come. Maybe the next step is getting in the game and not just attending on Sundays. Maybe, 
maybe for you the uncomfortable step is starting to invest financially into, in, into the, the vision of LifeHouse. We have a, a, a goal to raise monthly income by six to $8,000 so we can see these things happen. So, so possibly for you, that next step of being a little out of your comfort zone is, is saying, you know what, I will invest generously, sacrificially, and continually into the vision of LifeHouse. Maybe for you, you have got friends and family that you want to come to see and know Jesus. And maybe that next un uncomfortable step for you is to, in prayer, and basically intentionally targeting them by, in by inviting them to church. Giving them a call, a text, and seeing how they're doing. And, and inviting them to LifeHouse. Or inviting them to a small group. Reaching out and saying, how can... How can we help them experience life change through Christ? Because that's the whole purpose, y'all, of this whole thing. That's the whole purpose of following Jesus is life change through Christ. If we're not about that, what are we doing? And we are saying in 2018, we want to take a next step. If you, could give a, if you could give a theme to this year, if you could give, call it Vision 2018, it's next step. All of us have got a next step. And I know some of you here, I'm not perfect. I've got issues. I'm jacked up. I'm functionally addicted. I, I'm divorced. I'm this and I'm that. You saw on these videos here, God will use you in the midst of your mess if you let him. God will use you in the midst of your junk. And what he will actually do is he'll use your mess and make it your message. He will take your mess and make it your message. Robert probably never knew when he stepped foot in here on September 24th that he would be inspiring others to love and serve Jesus and to be vulnerable and honest. I love the vulnerability that it came in sharing that story. You can be honest here. You can be real here at this church. But we, but we want to also know you're, that by God's grace, you won't stay that way. We have a loving church. We want to love you as you are, and we love you so much that we'll challenge you to go beyond who and what you're doing right now. So what I'm saying is, guys, as we take a next step corporately, and, and, and I mean, as we take some uncomfortable next steps corporately, as we're stepping out in faith in many areas, we want to ask you to take a next step individually and partner up with us and join up with us and say, John, as, as the church takes a next, an, an uncomfortable next step corporately, that we'll join in and take a next step in, individually to see the mission, the vision, life change through Christ happen. So you should have received a card. On that card, it's got different options. What's going to happen? The, the worship team, they're going to play a song. And what I, what I want you to do is just to pause right now. They're going to play. I want you to take that card, look at it, but don't just peek at it, look at it, look at it, look at the options on it. And then I want you to seriously ask God, God, what next step are you asking me to do? What next step beyond my comfort zone, beyond my personal preference 
are you asking me to take to help see life change through Christ happen in the 757? Once the song is finished, I'm going to come up here and pray. And then we're going to transition into a time of giving. But I want you to pause and pray and ask God, what is my next step? What is my next step? And as we take a next step corporately, if you would take a next step individually.